At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into Betting Across America, brought to you by BetMGM, hour number three of the program. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you live from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. And throughout the program, we have been looking at the week one card in the NFL. We started with, of course, the Thursday night game, which will be the Buffalo Bills visiting the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. They are currently favored by a point here at BetMGM, and we've made our way down to your Indianapolis Colts, West. They will be playing a division matchup on the road at the Houston Texans, and they are laying seven and a half points here at BetMGM with a total of 44 and a half. And I know this game reminds you and I both, you mentioned it earlier, uh, I believe it was Phillip Rivers' first year uh, at the helm for the Indianapolis Colts. They go down to Jacksonville in week one. They were laying, I believe, eight or eight and a half points. Mm -hmm. I want to say it took 40% of the survivor pool out of of contention here at Circa Sports when they lost that game outright. This one kind of smells very similar going to a team that people believe is going to be very poor in the Houston Texans, and people are high on the Colts. And again, laying better than a touchdown here. And look, I like the Colts to win the division. I think you can still get even money out there. I know we had this discussion a couple weeks ago. We're like minus 190 to make or miss playoffs. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to bet that because I feel like the South may be the team in the AFC that only gets one in the playoffs, whether it's going to be Indianapolis or Tennessee or if Jacksonville somehow surprises, I think they're going to be improved, maybe going a little bit too far to consider them a outside playoff contender with how deep the AFC is. But yeah, I think this is a little bit of a similar situation. Uh, Minus eight. Now I fully expect that the Colts are probably going to be used in a lot of teasers and they're probably going to be used Mm -hmm. in survivor again uh, when that gets started. But look, I don't like a lot of road favorites in week one. That's not saying I'll never do it, but especially in divisional games, Brady. We've seen divisional home dogs in week one do very well over the years. Uh, So that's not something I want to go against. By the way, some Colts news today, and this was expected because uh, Darius Leonard, their all-pro linebacker, the maniac there in Indianapolis, underwent surgery to repair a nerve issue in his back that – you know, was giving him some issues kind of toward the end of the season. So he was expect to miss some training camp time. So now Darius Leonard uh, is going to be on the pup list. So wouldn't expect to maybe see him a lot in the preseason, but I think this is a precautionary measure. He should be ready to go, you would think, on week one. But the Colts are going to be interesting this year, I think, because it's, you know, everybody's going to point to Matt Ryan, and we talked about that uh, just last hour. 
But you got to watch this defense as well because this is a little bit of a new system. There's Gus Bradley coming mm-hmm. in. He was the Las Vegas Raiders DC. Of course, uh, former head coach of the Jaguars has been DC at a couple different stops in the NFL and fairly successful in his career as a defensive coordinator. But he's going to be a little bit different because I think with a guy like Darius Leonard, when he gets back healthy, Gus, I think is more willing to blitz uh, a, 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 a little bit more and, you know, do some kind of different things, but he's a guy that it's predicated on getting pressure with the front four. So those guys like Quiddy pay in who came in, in the trade from the Las Vegas Raiders, DeForest Buckner is still one of the best defensive tackles in the league, not only as a run stopper, but also as a pass rusher, because that's an underrated aspect. I think of defensive linemen, can a guy get push up the middle and get to a quarterback? But the defense is going to be the one to watch this year. I think they're going to be a little bit stronger in the front seven. The secondary, I still think, is very much an issue. Very young back there. Very inexperienced. So this is kind of a big number for me to lay on the road to a Houston team that I don't think is going to be great. Now, is Houston in the mix potentially, as you mentioned earlier, for a Jimmy Garoppolo? Because there is a connection there with uh, Nick Casario. Nick Casario is the GM in Houston who actually drafted Jimmy G in New England back mm, in 2014 yes. out of Eastern Illinois. So Houston, I know, uh, I know, Pro Football Talk. I think it was Mike Florio that kind of put they kind of put that out there that it's a possibility. Uh, somebody, I don't know who it was. It might have been points better. It was DraftKings that put up okay, who's going to be the favorite? And everybody points to Seattle, but I don't think their 49ers are going to trade him within the division. So Houston very much could be a pop uh, popular uh, play for Jimmy G. And Tony Finau ro- rolls in another Yeah, birdie. now this is over. He is now 18 under par, and at the same time, Scott Piercy makes another bogey. Now a five-shot margin between Finau and your 54-hole leader, Scott Piercy. Scott Piercy has now been eight over par in his last eight holes. Just an absolute mess, and Tony Finau looks like he is going to waltz to what? Career victory number three? I believe so. Uh, And now, uh, by the way, uh, Tony Finau, when we came in, he was four shots behind. And yes. now he's four shots ahead. Is uh, Tom Hoagie going to make a bogey here? He now falls five behind at 13 under par. So here's the updated odds at BetMGM. Like I said, this is over. It just flashes. Tony Finau minus 10,000 at BetMGM. <laughs> Emiliano Grillo looks like he's going to finish maybe second. Currently, that's where he is at 14 under, 33 to 1. Scott Piercy, 200 to 1. Tom Hoagie, 200 to 1. Soon JM, 500 to 1. So, you know, Tony Finau's had some kind of rotten luck over the years in terms of guys finishing in front of him, had that great round. And look, the RBC Canadian Open. He was right there yes. to win it, but Rory yeah. McIlroy just has a superb round and goes ahead and wins that. So he's been in contention so many times. So I guess there's a guy that's kind of due to have somebody implode in front of him, and Scott Piercy has certainly done that. So now, uh, you know, Scott Piercy got can't give up a lot more strokes, though, because this is a guy playing for his card. Remember, he's 138 in the FedEx Cup, and he's currently dropped one. He's five over on his round, 13 under, He's currently projected 112 in the FedEx Cup standing. So if he stays where he is, that's going to be good enough to keep his card. But he can't give up anymore, Brady. Or he might be fighting the next two weeks to stay on the PGA Tour. He shot 65 on Thursday, 64 on Friday, 66 on Saturday. And five and over know, right now five with three to play. Over par. Uh, not a good final round for Scott Piercy. Uh, all right, back to the football here. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the road in week one to face the Washington Commanders, and they're catching three and a half points. Your total at 43 and a half. We've got, of course, a new quarterback in Washington and Carson Wentz. We've got a new coach in Jacksonville in Doug Peterson. 
And I think there's certainly some buzz on Jacksonville. People expect them to be improved. I'm not so sure about Washington. What's your take on this game? Yeah, this is a game I haven't decided what I'm doing with, if anything. And I may, you know, sometimes the best bet is nothing. But I think this is an underdog that is going to get some support in the betting market. Mm -hmm. Not only maybe from some of the sharp and the wise guys, but some of the general public too, because Jacksonville, I think you got to look at it. Yeah, they were bad last year, but I think the culture and just the mood there is going to be better because you have, you have a pro coming in, you have Doug Peterson and he's got a big Super Bowl ring. And I think having that Super Bowl ring in Philadelphia, at least he's going to get the respect of that locker room, which urban Meyer clearly did not with the way that he approached it. So a lot of these Jaguars coming back are like, hey, man, this guy treats us like men. Mm-hmm. This guy treats us like we're about something, and you know we're going to play our you-know-what's off for him. Jacksonville, very active, by the way, spent a lot of money in the free agent market bringing in Christian Kirk, the receiver from the Cardinals, Brandon Sheriff, to start at, at offensive guard from uh, Washington. So Trevor Lawrence is going to get, in, and they did resign Cam Robinson. They gave him the franchise tag. So that offensive line for Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to be better than he had in, uh, in the first year, his rookie season. But... Doug Peterson, offensive guy. Look, he won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. So you got the number one pick uh, just uh, two years ago in the draft. And Trevor Lawrence, he probably relished the opportunity to go ahead and look at him and say, okay, we can do something here. So I think Jacksonville is going to be better now. In the season wins, they put it at six and a half. And it's like, okay, that's probably where it should be. I don't necessarily want to go over that. But I do think this team is going to be a bettable team in certain underdog spots. This team's going to play hard every single week. Let's take a look at uh, the last game on the uh, block that we're looking at right now, and that's an AFC West divisional matchup with the Raiders visiting the Los Angeles Chargers. And this is a pretty interesting game right here where the Raiders are catching three and a half points. And you got to feel there's a little bit of revenge on the mind of the Chargers, the way that very last regular season game went down last mm-hmm. year when the Raiders were basically ready. They were okay with playing for a tie, and there's speculation that the Chargers kind of mucked that whole thing up uh, and ended up losing the game and missing out on the playoffs. If it did end in a tie, both of the Raiders and the Chargers would have gone to the postseason. So you got to feel the Chargers want to make amends for that one. Yeah, and certainly the market does. Uh, even though this did open four at a couple places down to three and a half but there's still some fours out there you hear mixed opinions on the Raiders you hear some guys are like okay they're really down on this team and some like hey this team's a real sleeper I kind of lean to them at over eight and a half wins I have not bet that yet accordingly but if you were to say who do you think is going to win the AFC West West I would say the Chargers they're a team I think I'm a little higher on some are higher on the Chiefs some are higher on the Broncos I'm a little higher on the Chargers I think Brandon Staley it was his first year And, you know, everybody, you know, kind of got on him a little bit because it's like, okay, he should kick here. He's a little too aggressive in his decision making. But I like that Mm -hmm. out of a young coach. I like and I think in his second year, you know, we talk about players improving, but also coaches improving from their second year as now a head coach. Uh, I like what Brandon Staley is doing out here. I think this is the big season that we all expect Justin Herbert to kind of rule the world that, that he'll have a season like Burrow did last year in Cincinnati. No bet thus far for me, but I'm going to be monitoring these totals because these AFC West totals, I think this year, I think we're seeing 52 for the uh, Raiders chargers, 53, Kansas city, Arizona. I wonder Brady, with four potent offenses in this division, if we're going to all of a sudden get 55s and a halves and 56s, <laughs> you know, kind of toward the middle of the season, I think we are. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. And I mean, I think you're going to see all kinds of offense in that division. Now you've also got the Chargers and the Broncos, who I think have very good defenses as well. So it, it certainly will be a great division to they, watch. But all these teams have loaded up on pass rushers too, of course. Uh, Crosby coming back for the Raiders and also Chandler Jones. Chargers get Khalil Mack to put on the side of Joey Bosa. And it's like, okay, when you got Mahomes, Herbert, Russell Wilson and Derek Carr in this league, you better have good pass rushers and all these teams loaded up in the offseason. Yeah, you mentioned Brandon Staley. I think maybe he kind of got a little too aggressive last year, but I still, I like what you're talking about. I like the style. I think he'll pull back the reins a little bit this year, but still be aggressive and maybe find that perfect happy medium. We'll see if it works for the Los Angeles Chargers. Baseball next on Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Becca on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Taking a look at the baseball scoreboard here, the Colorado Rockies trying to avoid the sweep at Miller Park in Milwaukee. They lead the Milwaukee Brewers 8-6 and are batting in the top half of the seventh inning. Your in-game total, West all the way to 17 in this one. Colorado minus 350 on the money line in the live market. The Texas Rangers have added to their lead over the Oakland Athletics, 4 to nothing on top of the A's in the bottom half of the fourth inning there in Oakland. Arizona still up on the Washington Nationals, 2 to nothing. Washington batting in the top half of the third inning. Houston has increased their lead over Seattle, now 6 to nothing in the top of the fourth. Already the- have chase Robbie Ray, by the way, wow. uh, up there in Seattle. Robbie Ray only goes three innings, uh, gives up 10 hits, six earned runs, and two bombs, by the way, one of them to Altuve. So uh, you talk about a show them who's boss series. This was the Houston Astros. And, you know, 
poor Mariners. They win 15 in a row, and then it's like, oh, now we got the All-Star break. Our young stud, Julio Rodriguez, who, by the way, missed the series this weekend uh, with an injury, you know, put on that show on Dodger Stadium on uh, on Monday night at the Home Run Derby, even though he didn't win, loses to Soto in the final. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, man, that is so demoralizing, I think, for a oh, team yeah. because the Astros absolutely took it to them. Oh, they just put a whooping on Seattle. I mean, it's not over yet, but it's already 6 to nothing in the fourth inning, and the in-game total is at 10.5. If you want to lay the six runs with the Houston Astros, it'll only cost you minus 120. So the bookmakers may be thinking it's not over yet. Uh, it's not over yet in Los Angeles either. The Dodgers were going for a four-game sweep of the San Francisco Giants today, and just uh, in the top of the second inning, San Francisco took the lead over Clayton Kershaw and company, got two runs there in the top of the, excuse me, top of the third inning. Now in the home half of the third inning and San Francisco is leading the Dodgers two to one. And we were talking about playing the under in this game, the in-game total West now up to eight and a half at the close. Mm. It closed at eight. Well, that Dodger bullpen that Derek Cardi certainly praises the best in baseball in the first hour. Going to get a lot of work. It looks like today, Clayton Kershaw, 73 pitches through three innings, giving Mm. up uh, uh, two walks, three hits, uh, two earned, has struck out four, but usually don't see that high of a pitch count. Usually you see him through three innings. He's like in the 30s, and he's almost double that here with 73 pitches. So uh, Clayton Kershaw might struggle to get through five today. Uh, Scott Piercy just birdied. Uh, that might be well, a little that, too little that, too well, late. The but, one thing uh, that now that, he's only uh, seven over through his last nine holes. Yeah, so he gets a fourteen under, but that ended <laughs> up being a big birdie, by the way, because it, that it might is. have ensured his PGA Tour card because he's probably going to stay within the one twenty-five. But that's going to be of little solace. I mean, you get to be, keep your PGA Tour playing privileges for another year, but when you're forty-three years old and you got a four-shot lead on Sunday, you just don't get a lot of chances out here to win. So, uh, what might have been for Piercy? Tony Finau does scramble bear almost hit it in the water on 17 does go ahead and make his par so he heads to 18t with a four stroke lead I don't even know if BetMGM they might not even be putting up prices yeah, anymore probably because down. this looks long but done as Tony Finau uh, gives a kiss to that golf ball said thank you for staying out of the uh out of the H2O here at 17. So four-shot lead over Scott Piercy and Emiliano Grillo, both at 14-under. James Hahn, by the way, nice 65 today. He was outside the FedEx Cup and now I think is in just outside the top 100, but he's not going to drop that much in two weeks. So James Hahn's going to keep his playing card for next year. Yeah, Scott Piercy, not only a four-shot lead entering the day, a four-shot lead entering the back nine on Sunday and now trails Tony Finau by four shots. Uh, Let's take a look. Uh, We went over the baseball scoreboard there, and we had talked about some pennant prices a couple segments ago. Let's look at some World Series prices. And, you know, obviously it's a longer shot when you get to some of these big favorites uh, in the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Astros, the Mets. Uh, You know, would you rather bet one of these teams to win the pennant at a shorter price, or would you rather go to the Yankees at plus 325 to win the World Series the Dodgers at plus 375, the Astros at plus 450, the Mets at 7 to 1, the Braves at 9 to 1. I, I guess maybe you set yourself up with a better hedge situation if you've got that bigger number for the World Series rather than the pennant. You certainly do, but I, I think when you look at this, it's like, okay. 
when I'm evaluating these teams, okay, what are the weaknesses? Because we know even some of these teams at the top, they're going to try to do some retooling at the deadline. We've already seen the Mets get Dan Vogelbach in a deal from the Pittsburgh Pirates to give them another bat with some power in that lineup. So you're going to start to see they may not be the blockbuster deals. Like, you know, maybe somebody gets Juan Soto. Maybe he doesn't get traded until the offseason. So maybe doesn't meet that deadline on August 2nd. But you got to think these teams are going to be active. Are the Yankees going to be looking for an extra arm to put in middle relief in that bullpen? Which I is probably they are. Yeah, yeah, which is probably the the chink in the armor right now. Even though they're certainly hitting very well, they're always in the market for a bat. Every everybody is, you know, they're always in the market for a middle reliever, maybe a left-hander to put in the back end of the rotation. So you got to think all these teams: Yankees, Dodgers, Astros, Mets, Braves going to make a move, you know, for some kind of, of of weakness there. But I'm just looking down at the World Series market, and I'm trying to make a case for one of these underdogs that aren't no single-digit top fives. I guess the Blue Jays, you know, are, are playing hot right now, and they made the managerial change. Montoyo got let go a couple. That might be the one dog I would yeah, look at. Yeah, because, because the rest of them, you just can't. Well, I, I, I don't see this team beating the Dodgers. I well, don't see that yeah, team beating the Yeah, I'm looking the at Yankees, the Brewers, you know? and, the, and the Brewers really struggle to hit, even though they've got six runs a day. But that's been the weakness. That's been kind of more of the concern, because I was asking some Brewers fans about Josh Hader, and it's like, well, we think he's going to get right. We're not as worried about him. This team sometimes struggles to score runs, and when you're up there against the Dodgers, and the Mets and the Braves that can do just that. I just don't see them winning a series. The Padres, they could be another team that makes a move. Yeah. I think that... And, that, and they don't even have Tatis yet. Yeah, they don't have Tatis. Uh, you know, we're without Machado for a little while. The starting rotation, basically, except for Blake Snell, has been pretty solid for San Diego. And Snell pitched a heck of a game yesterday. Yes, he did. Uh, so, you know, that maybe at least gives them some kind of, you know, okay, we can breathe a little bit easy here because what kept San Diego out last year, I thought, was Jace Tingler blowing out the bullpen so early. Right. And they were right. just dead in July and in August and then finishing out the season. Bob Melvin, I think, has been been much better. Bob Melvin is worth several wins of that team. And we said that when he was hired and he's certainly proven that. So the, you know, the Rays, I think they've been there before at least, but this is a team that's had a lot of injuries. And one of the things that concerns me, Shane McClanahan, who is the AL Cy Young favorite, career high in terms of innings so you worry okay have they put too much on him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so if i was looking at an underdog i'm kind of with you if i'm going outside that top five it'd be the blue jays yeah blue jays maybe the padres uh by the way tony finau did find the water on 18 he nearly found it on 17 <laughs> he did find it on 18 but he was uh, tempting fate he's got a four shot cushion so probably and this is uh, and this is a par five so yeah. he's fine with getting in there and making his five and maybe even a six is going to be good right enough to he could probably on. make a six and still be fine now if you do want to find some bigger prices you can go to what BetMGM already has up and basically the exact result of the World Series. For instance, if you want to bet the New York Yankees to beat the Los Angeles Dodgers in the World Series, you can get 9-1. to one. And the opposite is true as well. If you want to bet the Dodgers to beat the Yankees, you can get 9-1. to one. Do you want to try and be that bold and, and call an exact matchup, possibly? That might be if you're a ch- if you like the chalk here and really no reason not to based on what we've seen is to kind of look at an exact too. you know and I wish I would have done that actually I did a segment on primetime action uh, I believe a couple of about three months before the NBA season ended and I said Celtics and Warriors in the NBA finals and it go. was just like a content segment I was like well damn why didn't I bet it at, at bet MGM <laughs> and I really should have so uh, you know if I was if I was looking at this. Uh, 
and and you like the Yankees, like Yankees and Braves at twenty to one, not a bad number necessarily there. And then if you like uh, the Dodgers, uh, you know what what could be a series? I think uh, Dodgers Blue Jays forty to one. Wow. Those could be yeah. you know a you could probably ones bet two at. or three of these. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I mean, obviously not something to go to war with. You know, something that you know that's kind of a small bet out there. Just give yourself a hedge possibility if you have a good pre flop number on Yankees Dodgers, but you probably don't have because I don't think they've really shortened that much from the preseason. No, they they really haven't at all. I I think the Dodgers uh, opened up the season in the neighborhood of, I mean, gosh, were they even four to one to win the World Series? I think that's about what they were because I'm looking at these numbers right now at BetMGM on our graphic. I'm like 375. Obviously, the Yankees have shortened. Yes. You know, to 325 yes. because they weren't even talking about them. There were people talking about them like they were going to finish third in the AL East. But the Dodgers, that's kind of where they were in the Astros. They haven't drifted that m- or shortened that much either. Maybe the exact matchup proposition market is something to look at if you're considering betting on the World Series or any future plays in Major League Baseball at this point. Go to BetMGM to check that out. Brian Fisher is going to join us next as we tackle a little college football next on Betting Across America, brought to you by BetMGM. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check out the current betting splits data. You want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see the changes in all of the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way that VSIN is here to make you a smarter better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you here. The final half hour of Betting Across America brought to you by our friends at BetMGM. And for the first time today, we talk a little college football. Going to bring in our friend Brian Fisher. He is a college football columnist at Athlon Sports and host of Going for Two podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian D. Fisher. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. And we're already getting excited, as I'm sure you are as well. We are 34 days away from that college football opening Saturday. And I tell you what, there's a lot of local interest for us here in Las Vegas as there's a lot of Mountain West teams in action on that first Saturday. You've got Nevada and UNLV both in action. Wyoming is at Illinois. Utah State is hosting UConn. And then Hawaii is hosting Vanderbilt. The meat of the action, of course, really kicks off on the following week, the Labor Day weekend schedule. But as fans and as betters, what games should we be paying attention to on that opening Saturday, August 27th? Well, you know, I, I think it's it's number one good to be talking about actual college football coming in our corner, especially given every, all the events that have been happening this, this summer. But uh, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, it is not the most appealing, you know, week zero, week one slate. But uh, I mean, I, I think just having college football back is is, is going to be something that uh, pretty much every fan out there uh, is going to get excited over. The, the betters maybe less so given the slate, but um, you know, I, I think you can kind of start with that Nebraska Northwestern game. I mean, that is going to be a uh, I don't know if it, it, it's going to make or break necessarily Scott uh, Frost tenure there, but it, it's going to be a huge tone setter uh, for that Nebraska program. But, you know, going overseas, playing a, playing a Big Ten game, I, I mean, that's a, a huge way to kick off the season. And, and let's face it, they were so close. You know, the, the margin for error in, in a lot of those games last year, 
um, you know, you know, it really was uh, a team that was much better than their record indicated. And and we're going to be able to kind of see, I guess, early on, uh, given that they're playing in a fellow Power Five opponent, uh, how much of, of the changes in the offseason that uh, the Cornhuskers have been able to make, and, and whether it's going to pay off. Because you know, they were they were they were dreadful last year, um, you know, on special teams, and, and that contributed to some of their their losses last year. Uh, they they brought in a special teams coordinator for one, so like there there's some big time changes for Nebraska, and, and really what is shaping up to be a, a make or break year, and, and I think that's definitely the headliner there in, in week zero. But uh, I, I'm just glad to get any kind of college football, especially some of the the, the matchups that you got. Uh, on that week zero slate. Brian, let's stick in the Big Ten. And uh, Brian was talking about Nebraska there. Mark Whipple leaves uh, Pitt. Well, had those great numbers with Kenny Pickett last year. Probably going to run a more up-tempo system, you would think, there in Lincoln. But let's stick in the West Division here in the Big Ten, Brian. Ohio State, clear favorite. Obviously, not only to win the Big Ten, but to make the college football playoff. Absolutely loaded on offense. Jim Knowles comes in from Oklahoma State to be the defensive coordinator. But who would be the likely team if you were to say at this standpoint in the West? Because I don't think that there's a clear-cut favorite out there at all. No, I, I think it is is pretty jumbled. You know, I, I think you look at, at at Iowa, you look at Wisconsin. You know, those are probably the, the go-to favorite. But even a team like Minnesota, you know, with, with what got coming back, they, I think they had some momentum coming out out of last year. I, I know TJ Flex pretty fired up. Uh, for, for the group that he has back, you know, having a veteran quarterback and, and really just, um, you know, building that program up to where, you know, you, you can sustain losses here or there. You, you can you know, supplement them from, from the transfer portal or, uh, you know, developing guys. And, and I think that's, that's going to be an intriguing team, but it, it's going to be basically a dogfight pretty much every Big Ten game. I mean, there, there are no easy outs. Uh, you know, I, I think even uh, a Northwestern team, that, that they do seem to kind of alternate uh, year over year in terms of whether they're, they're going to be good or, or bad. And, uh, you know, that's another team that uh, could end up surprising. So, especially in that West division, not, not only getting into the heavyweights in the East, but th- that West division, really every game is going to be must win. Even in Illinois, you know, let's face it, it may be more of a rebuilding case uh, than, than uh, last year, given the amount of upperclassmen that, uh, you know, uh, Burt Bielema left, left uh, uh, lost uh, from his roster. But at, at the end of the day, uh, you know, th- there's just a lot of teams that uh, can, can uh, really get you into a dog fight. And when that's uh, when, when those uh, margins for errors, uh, you know, it's so thin, it does come down to some of those minor plays uh, that, that can change a ball game. And uh, it's going to be uh, really interesting to see how that whole division shapes out, especially given uh, some of the crossover games that they're going to have against their, their Eastern opponents. Brian, let's move forward to that Labor Day weekend that I mentioned earlier when we get the full rollout of the college football schedule. One game that really intrigues me is on that Saturday, September the 3rd, in the Swamp, between Utah and the Florida Gators. Of course, Billy Napier takes over in Gainesville, and Utah is basically the co-favorite to win the Pac-12 conference. They're 50-1 to to win the national championship, and Florida is about three or four times that price, 150, even 200 to one to win the national title. Yet Utah is just a two and a half point favorite at Gainesville on that Saturday. Do you feel that that price is too short or are the Gators going to be better than maybe people expect? You know, I, I look at the roster and I look at, at what, you know, the, the entire program has gone through these last couple of years. Is, is there talent there? Absolutely. It is, it is in the swamp. One of the, you know, best environments to, to play a college football game. And, and it's probably going to be, you know, one of those early games that, uh, you know, you, you're, you're, you feel the heat and, and feel the humidity a little bit. Uh, certainly a big change from uh, what, what, what they experienced out there in Salt Lake. And, 
Um, you know, to be honest, though, this is this seems like a a, a big change because Utah is 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 so prepared uh, to kind of fly under the radar and and be that undervalued team because uh, that you know they they've got a quarterback coming back that they have you know really uh, have developed guys in the trenches. They they will be ready. They will be up for this game in in particular. And um, you know, there's a reason. I, I think a lot of people out west certainly view this team as as the Pac-12 favorite. Uh, and, and Florida simply, uh, you know, with that new coaching staff, you know, with some transfers coming in. You know they're they're really kind of uh, you know kind of in in a year zero type of situation, um, and and they're going to try to build it up right. But uh, just in terms of the roster, just in terms of where these programs are, um, you know I I would, I would give a heavy lean uh, there to the youth, and, and and by a lot more than, than that current margin right now. Um, you know this is a team that uh, you know is, is going to out execute you, and and going back to uh, you know special teams, you know that was something that they have typically done really really well. Um, they they didn't last year and still managed to end up winning the Pac-12. I, I think this Utah team could be even better and being overshadowed in, in games like this at, you know, at Florida, you know, with USC in their own backyard uh, in, in the Pac-12 South there. I mean, this is a, a team that I think a lot of people are sleeping on and you know, really has a good case to be a, a top 10 team throughout the, the remainder of the season. Brian, you mentioned USC, so let's stay right there. Uh, most Odds boards have them a small favorite over the Utes. I personally like the Utes to come out of the Pac-12 South. But we know Lincoln Riley coming into Troy that he's going to get this turned around and 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 he's going to recruit and they're going to have top five recruiting classes every year. But do you think the hype's a little bit too much, though, in year one? I know they add a lot of transfers from the portal on offense, but I'm just looking up and down this roster, Brian. I see a lot of holes on that defense. Yeah, I think that is the 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 one area where where a lot of uh, whether they're in, inside USC or outside, I have have kind of pointed is to to that defense. But you know, keep in mind when, when Lincoln Riley first took over at Oklahoma, the, the defense wasn't great, and they were still able to win games, win the Big Twelve, and and uh, they did it by outscoring folks. And and I think that could, that can be the kind of same mo with this early team in terms of making the the playoff and, and really being a national contender. You know, playing the Notre Dame's when when they uh, you know come to the Coliseum, those type of games. That that is where it's going to come into play. But in terms of your kind of week in week out Pac-12 schedule, very weak non-conference slate as well. Uh, outside of uh, with the Irish uh, coming into town, I I think this is a USC team that uh, is, is not only kind of aiming for for double digits, but um, you know you can understand why uh, they they can make a run at at the conference title in year one for Lincoln Riley. That's tremendous amount of skill, position, talent, and you know, let's face it, you know USC has had the talent in the past. It's all about been about coaching these last you know, really your last couple of decades almost uh, since Pete Carroll left. And, and and now they have a head coach who's one of the elite in the sport, and I think that that can make a huge difference in terms of playing a lot of these Pac-12 teams that um, you know really have not uh, seen the creative play calling at USC like they're going to have with with Lincoln Riley. And you, you moor that up with with a roster that uh, does have you know the Blitnikoff Award winner at wide receiver, a terrifically talented uh, quarterback in Caleb Williams. I mean, even even some of the the defensive uh, impact players that they brought in. Um, I, I think are going to be able to contribute right away. And, uh, you know, if, if you're talking about getting into a lot of shootouts, I, I would trust Lincoln Riley uh, to, to come out victorious in, in a lot of those, especially compared to some of the, the Pac-12 peers that, uh, frankly, had to replace a lot of quarterbacks, had to, uh, you know, replace a lot on offense. And uh, this is going to be, a, I think, a very intriguing year for USC, even if they're not quite there in terms of that build to be a true college football playoff contender. Well, Brian, thank you very much. We appreciate your time, and we look forward to talking with you later on as we maybe get closer to the season and certainly throughout the college football season. Thanks again, and enjoy the rest of your weekend.
Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Brian. That is Brian Fisher. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian D. Fisher, a columnist for for the Athlon uh, college football columnist there at that fine publication. Did you uh, check out your Athlon guide yet this year? I actually do. I have it right in front of here and and, uh, looking through. And uh, obviously, we got all the magazines. By the way, our magazine, the VEASAN College Football Betting Guide, going to be out sometime later this week. Uh, And I'm high on a team that we mentioned in that segment there utah i think they're a dark horse to make the playoff and speaking of utah utah's own tony fee now got to get his third pga tour win uh, currently a four shot lead at the 3m open would you lay two and a half with the utes at the swamp that i don't know if i'm ready to do i gotta do more digging on that that ought to be a great one i'm looking forward to that game we'll be right back with the final segment in just a moment At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Are you planning a trip to Las Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers incredible experiences and valuable perks when you wager on the betmgm app sign up with betmgm or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with betmgm rewards eligibility restrictions apply visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions must be 21 years of age or older to wager please gamble responsibly if you have a problem call 1-800-GAMBLER Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you inside Betting Across America, brought to you by BetMGM. The final segment before we pass the baton to Jonathan Von Tobel and the Football Betting Guide program. We've talked a lot of football on the program today. Jonathan Von Tobel will give you a full dose of what you can expect in both of our college and NFL betting guides that will be out shortly here at vcin.com. Look forward to that program. Tony Finau. 
notches his third career PGA Tour victory. He wins the 3M Open, finishes at 17 under par, three shots ahead of Sunjay M and Emiliano Grillo, and he was plus 450 coming into the final round today, mm-hmm. five shots off the pace behind 54-hole leader Scott Piercy, and about 14 under was the consensus price pre-tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 14 to 1, Tony Finau. By the way, and we do this every week. Of course, we do long shots, you, me, and um, and Matt Humans as well. And it's very rare that we bet favorites in terms of the pre tournament favorite to win a tournament. And I think this is going to prove the reason why. Tony Finau gets home at the 3M Open, his third career PGA Tour win, 14 to 1. He was the pre tournament favorite. He's only the third this season to get home as the pre-tournament favorite. It's been done three times. Sam Burns last fall was 16-1 to at the Sanderson Farms. Of course, uh, from nearby uh, Louisiana, won the event in Mississippi. John Rahm at the Mexico Open, where Tony Fino, I believe, finished uh, co-runner-up down there. John Rahm was 9-2 to to win down at uh, Vedanta Vallarta for the Mexico Open, and then Tony Fino today. So, you know... Oftentimes you can make case for these chalky guys, and I wouldn't have made a case for Tony Fidal this week. I'm like 14 to one, an event kind of with a weak field where bombs have won. Look, Matt Wolf, what did he win? 175. Well, Scott Piercy was a bomb. Yeah, he was 150 to one, and those are usually who wins here because I think Matt Wolf won at 175 to one. Michael Thompson was 150 yep. to one. Cam Champ yep. last year, 125 to one, and it's the chalk that gets in the back door. Tony Finau, he did make a six on 18, but nevertheless, it looks like he is going to get. A three-shot victory. Just looking at the leaderboard, Sun JM in at 14 under. Emiliano Grillo could maybe get second outright with a birdie at 18. James Hahn, Tom Hoagie, Scott Piercy currently T4 at 13 under par. You mentioned only three pre-tournament favorites have gone on to win this season, and that's over the course of, what, 40 events Mm -hmm. so far? I mean, we're almost to the end of the golf year. Uh, Of course, we've got two more tournaments coming up before we go to the FedEx Cup playoffs, and they will have two playoff events and then the Tour Champions. Yeah. in the PGA and Tour then we season. Get, and then we get to a very tumultuous golf offseason, Brady. Of course, <laughs> yes, uh, that, indeed. Yeah, that ought to be we're, interesting. We're going to have more news. And, uh, you know, we do have the live event at Bedminster next week as well. So uh, that's going to continue to be a topic of discussion. I haven't seen the fall schedule yet. They're going to have fall events, but the PGA Tour obviously doing some kind of tinkering with the schedule a little bit. To, yeah, uh, I'm not surprised the schedule isn't out yet. Yeah. I, I imagine they're uh, working very carefully on how they're going to set that up this year all right let's take a look we've got four more games to cover for week one in the nfl and we'll have covered each and every game on the program today we will start in the nfc north this is quite a matchup here a divisional matchup between what people figure is going to be a two-team race there in the nfc north division the green bay packers and the minnesota vikings they'll be playing in minnesota and the Packers at BetMGM currently are a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Pretty high total of 49-and-a-half. Um, we got another home dog here, Wes. Now, I, I think you can make a case for both sides here. Uh, first of all, Minnesota as a home dog in the season opener makes sense to take the points. But Green Bay at less than a field goal right. probably makes some sense, right. too. Yeah, I think, look, and and the higher the total, sometimes the lesser the value on the teaser, but I still think this is a teaser leg at eight and a half for Minnesota would absolutely be a way to go. I wouldn't be shocked if they won this outright. I think, and I've been kind of the resident, at least over the summer, the resident Minnesota Vikings truther here on VEASAN because I really do like this team. I bet them to win the division. 
It's not that necessarily I'm down on the Packers. I don't think that all of a sudden, oh, they lost Devontae Adams, so they're going to be like a seven or eight win team. I don't think so. I just like what Minnesota has done. I like Kevin O'Connell as the head coach. I know he's never called plays before, but this is a guy that I think he's at least gotten some knowledge through osmosis from Sean McVay. Sure. And, you know, has a Super Bowl ring as an offensive coordinator, even though McVay called the play. So kind of the same arrangement here. Uh, Wes Phillips, by the way, the uh, son of Wade Phillips. Mm -hmm. Wade Phillips on Twitter is what? The son of Bum? Yes. So I don't know if Wes Phillips' Twitter account is grandson of Bum, of that, of course, being the legendary Bum Phillips. But he comes uh, with uh, with, uh, O'Connell, rather, from the Rams to go go ahead and run the offense in Minnesota. But you look, uh, Zach Taylor, he's a guy that was on that McVay pipeline, and he well, had a pretty good a, season. His head coaching opponent is a McVay guy as well, and Matt yes. LaFleur. Yes. And to your point, yes, I don't ex- I don't know of anybody that expects Green Bay to go, you know, seven or eight win season, but Matt LaFleur has three straight seasons of winning yes. 13 games. No, he's done is a he great gonna job. Is he going to do that again, though? I don't know if he's going to win 13, I don't think that so. being said, him and Aaron Rodgers... has got to come back down to earth eventually, yeah, doesn't he? I, I think so, and him and Aaron Rodgers have had that fruitful relationship, obviously. I think it's very much worked out. It it was kind of touch and go here around this, uh, you know, around this time last year of whether he was going to be back, but Aaron, of course, has an MVP season. Green Bay was one one of the better teams in the NFL, but I just look and it's not necessarily Green Bay falling. I think Minnesota rising because I think having that offensive mind there because they had Mike Zimmer, who's an old school defensive coach, run the ball and Minnesota is still going to run the ball, by the way. And why wouldn't you with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, one of the better one, two punches in all of the league in terms of running back. But Mike Zimmer, I think, got a little conservative a little bit. I think the offense, uh, and that cost them games. Minnesota lost a lot of one-possession games Mm -hmm. last year. Yep, they sure did. And oftentimes when a team does that, that tends to reverse a little bit the other way, and I think it very well could for the Vikings. I like, uh, obviously, their receiver room, one of the best in uh, the NFL with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, and if Irv Smith can finally live up to the expectations they've had from him at tight end, this is going to be a potent offense. It's going to be all on the defense. Now, they get Daniil Hunter back, uh, one of the better pass rushers when he's healthy in the National Football League. They still have Kendrick's man in the middle, Harrison Smith, the main safety over the middle in the secondary. See if Patrick Peterson has anything left. He is going to start at one of the corner positions. But Minnesota offensively, I think we are absolutely going to see a difference with this team. Just with Kirk Cousins having the confidence, he re-signed that one-year deal, but he is a free agent coming into the offseason. So, you know, contract year, does Kirk Cousins, and, and and look, Kirk Cousins, I think, gets a lot of the blame, too, for Minnesota kind of being a middling team. He had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions last year. Didn't turn and ball over hardly at all. So I think this is going to be a big-time year for Kirk Cousins. I think maybe this is a guy, if you like to bet the over on the touchdowns or the passing yards, kind of look and see where your shop has that at. But I expect a big year out of, uh, as Dave Ross calls him, KC8. And I do like the Minnesota Vikings here in the NFC North. All right, we've got three more games here. The New York Giants at the Tennessee Titans catching six and a half points. You play in the favor to the dog. Uh, I'm not, I don't know if I'm playing either. I would lean a little bit Giants. Giants are a team that's kind of interesting too. First year head coach, Brian Dable, obviously very successful as the OC in Buffalo with Josh Allen. He now takes over. Wink Martindale comes in as defensive coordinator. 
I think that that's going to be good for them. I know he kind of fell out of favor in Baltimore with John Harbaugh, but I still think Wink Martindale is one of the better defensive callers in the NFL. They added some receivers for Daniel Jones, so they've added some weapons for him. If the offensive line can hold up, this team might be a surprise. You know, maybe one of those teams that's a surprise to get like that bottom spot in the playoffs. All right, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Dallas Cowboys, and Tampa Bay is laying two and a half points, a revenge spot. You remember the opening game of the last football season when Tampa Bay got past Dallas, I think the Cowboys could be a little bit of a live dog here. I I, I do too. Uh, I haven't decided what I want to do with this, but I think Tampa Bay, they're kind of getting the benefit of the doubt, even though they make the change. I don't think they're going to drop off as much with the coaching with Todd Bowles. Obviously, there's continuity there, one of the better defensive coordinators, but you never know when Father Time is going to rear its ugly head here with Tom Brady, and he's beat it back for several years now, but can he continue to do so? All right, finally, the Monday night game up in Seattle. The Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson going to the Pacific Northwest, laying four and a half points. Again, I'd be leaning yeah. home dog. Yeah, I would be too. And you're seeing even a couple five and a halves in the market. You know, Russ going back yeah, home. Yeah, wait everybody, if you want to bet Everybody this thinks one. Seattle's going to be bad. Denver's going to get all the money here. So you may see five and a half or six before we get to kick off on Monday night. All right, next up, it is Jonathan Von Tobel and the Football Betting Guide Program. Thank you to Dan Miller, our producer, and the rest of the technical crew. Great job today. Thank you for tuning in to Betting Across America, brought to you by BetMGM at VSIN, the sports betting network. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. Whether you're a novice. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.